The title of this podcast is Citizenship, Open Borders, and the Middle Class. Do you realize that just over half of the people on the planet today enjoyed citizenship status in their own countries? Other people on the planet are subjects or serfs or otherwise live at the whim and desires of a ruling class, a dictatorship, or other overlords and elites who grant them little to no freedoms. What is a citizen anyway? Hello, everybody. I'm Janice Christensen, and this is The Tangled Angle. Here on this podcast, we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in politics, government, and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who is in the House of Representatives. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. To be a citizen of the United States is an honor. What is citizenship? What is a citizen? A person who owes loyalty to and is entitled by birth or naturalization to the protection of a state or nation. A citizen is a resident of a city or town, especially one entitled to vote and enjoy other privileges there. A citizen is a person who is a member of a state or country and has legal rights there. To work, you must be a legal citizen or have a valid work visa in the United States. A citizen has the right to vote, live, work, and be loyal to the USA and support the Constitution, run for office, have a U.S. passport, serve on a jury, and most importantly, be free from excessive government harassment and serfdom and not be in bondage to servitude to another human being. We here in the United States can vote, make our own laws, choose our own punishment, determine our own tax rates, travel about freely from city to city and state to state unharassed. We don't have to verify who we are. Once we're a citizen, we enjoy these privileges. We can work where we want, eat what we want, and as much or as little as we want, live how we want, own property, and we're protected by a citizen-friendly military and enjoy endless hours of entertainment and free time. Citizens in a nation do not suffer lack or starvation, shortages, and rationed electricity and power. A free citizenry has plenty of food, fuel, and freedom of movement and travel. And I think this has been a huge discussion in our nation, and especially with the flooding of the open borders, our southern border, and what's going on there. I think, too, it's misunderstood in a constitutional republic, what is equality? We are not born equal. We are born with different characteristics, either male or female. We vary in height, weight, strength. We have different energy levels and different economic levels. We have different mental capacities and different intelligence levels and abilities. We are very different from one another. We are not born equal. However, we are born equal with the same opportunities and the same futures that we can make anything we want of our own lives. But despite these differences that we're born with, the fact and the beauty of these differences is me- means we can bring these strengths and weaknesses 
and, and differences in talent, energy level, drive and determination to the table, and we can live in a nation peacefully together and have it thrive and succeed. The United States is the longest running nation under the same constitution in the history of the world. No other nation like this has ever existed. Our innovation, our inventions, our prosperity, our health, our harnessing of natural resources, our wealth and success is unmatched in the history of the world. And we're in danger of losing it. We've been fractured and fraught with divisions along racial lines that have been incessantly pushed by the left for decades. Oh, we're just weary of it. And this division, this leftist socialist division that is flung upon us unwantedly, it's, we, now we have a nation that's racked with personal debt, national debt, the breakdown of the family, or even fighting over what's male and female, which is absolute stupidity. It's like, really, have we degraded to this? And this is causing us to be a nation on the brink of deterioration that we will not recover from unless we change course. Which brings me to the bulk and the point of this podcast is we need to uphold and preserve the definition and the the benefits of citizenship. Leftists have been changing the word citizenship and its definition for ages. Those who came here illegally were first called illegal aliens, then they were called illegal immigrants, then they were called undocumented workers, then we changed it to immigrants, and now we're just supposed to say migrants. This is deceptive and the changing of the meaning of the word citizenship and eroding what it means to be a citizen and to enjoy citizenship, which is what the leftists want to destroy in this nation anyway and take it into socialism and Marxism. We are being gaslit of what's really going on here. And gaslighting is like, we're all recognizing this problem, but those in authority say, oh, no, 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 it's not really what you say it is. We're going to change the meaning of words. Oh, no, 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 what you're seeing isn't what you're really seeing. You're the one with the problem, not the real problem. That's what gaslighting is. And we're being gaslit to believe that this flood over the southern border isn't ruining citizenship. Because citizens have legal rights, and this is attempting again, like the leftists so famously do, to change the meaning of words from illegal aliens to migrants. They are people who are here illegally and should not be able to enjoy the legal protections and legal benefits of a citizen. More on this subject when I discuss open borders. But citizenship is fragile. It's rare. It's not common today. It never has been common in the history of the world. And it has to be protected and nourished. And each citizen has to realize they have responsibilities. These responsibilities are to know and protect the Constitution, to vote, to make sure people understand the customs and traditions of the United States, speak our common language, which is English, and agree to adhere to the laws and precepts of the Constitution, and respect the nation that they live in. And we're so confused as a nation now, we don't even know what we believe, and so people coming over the borders are not expected to adhere to any sort of set of standards. And we can differ in our race, our religion, and how and where we work, but we must have the common customs, holidays, language, and citizenship beliefs under a constitution of of the citizens who enjoy that constitution. Otherwise, there's no country. There, There has to be a national identity, not around race, not around people who look similar to one another, not even around our skin color or the same economic status or around common preferential likes and dislikes but around the laws and constitution that make us a nation in a 
country that is diverse. We have to have a national identity in the midst of our individual differences. And I just completed a course, a free course from Hillsdale College online called American Citizenship and Its Decline. And it was taught by Victor Davis Hanson. And he is a scholar. And oh my gosh, he did such a good job of plainly laying out what is a citizen. And he discusses citizenship at great length. And he says that citizenship does not change human behavior. Neither do passing more laws and trying to get citizens to comply with what they know as free citizens are more attempts at restricting our freedoms and increasing taxation. Citizenship doesn't change human behavior, and citizenship does not depend on race. Citizenship never has been the equivalent of race. In fact, citizenship must be colorblind to our skin differences in order to have a functioning constitutional nation. Laws and a legal code to protect the common citizen was a radical idea back when our founders wanted to found this nation, along with paving the roads, having flowing drinking water and irrigation water, the removal of waste and garbage from a city or a town, electricity to every home, energy and heat provided at low cost to every dwelling, and protection of the average citizen. This was rare when our country wanted to found itself in the West here and continue the Western tradition of advancing civilization. And walls are necessary to protect the system and the principle of citizenship. Without walls, fences, and borders, there is no country. There is no nation. And more on borders later in our open border. But he also says, Victor Davis Hansen in his course, says that localism and tribalism are reasserting themselves and weaken citizenship, and what we've defeated from the ancient days is coming back. Tribalism and localism are prehistoric before the modern age, but it's reasserting itself in America today. So what, what is tribalism? It's when different ethnic groups separate themselves and demand a certain belief system within that ethnic group, usually based on skin color, contrary to the principles of a constitution that defines citizenship. And this divides a nation into all these separate tribes. We're seeing this now when a lot of these ethnic groups, they don't call it tribalism anymore, but for instance, Black Lives Matter and so on, demanding that all blacks who have a certain skin color have the same belief system, the same religion, which is godlessness, and demand the same belief system based on skin color. This is dangerous and divides a nation separating different ethnic groups into tribalism. And tribalism, when you separate people based only on their outward appearance or their outward features and placing people in groups because of their outward features is tribalism. And citizenship, citizenship down through the ages has always had enemies. Like I said, it's rare. And citizenship says that race and how we look does not determine our citizenship, but where we live and what government we live under. This is a rare idea. And contrary to the, what the leftists would say, multiracialism is key to citizenship because it means that people with different ethnic heritages, with different ethnic backgrounds, have agreed to make that a secondary priority and to live under the same country and get along as citizens, recognizing our differences, but agreeing that citizenship and loyalty to a country is the top priority and a higher ideal. For this to work, the culture cannot become tribal and divided up into all these different racial group preferences. Otherwise, the citizenship effort becomes lost. And countries like the Soviets and so on, and th where the people look different, 
they must force people to that do not look alike to do to follow the rules, to obey the authorities by force and by power of weaponry. But this isn't freedom. There can be no there can be no true citizenship there with freedoms. And in his course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, Victor Davis Hansen goes on to say that people in America today want to associate with people who look like them, who share the same religion or share the same language, but this is not what can make a citizenry unless the people in these groups have their highest allegiance to the Constitution and the citizenry of that nation and the country they live in, and their lower allegiance to those who look like them or share the same religion, unless those are the priorities, a citizenship can't work. And my comment to this is, of course, it's okay to speak multiple languages and have customs and food, traditions and habits that come from a nation of our origin. But this cannot be put above our citizenship, above the Constitution, and having the good of the nation be the highest ideal. For example, in urban areas, I mean, we all love different kinds of food and different ethnic foods. And oh my gosh, you know, my husband loves sushi, and we love Thai food, and there's a lots of different foods that we really enjoy. But we don't want to bring the governing systems of those nations and their lack of freedom in a constitution that honors the citizen with it. We can certainly enjoy the ethnic differences we have amongst us, but that doesn't mean it's going to rule the land. Which um, brings me to another point. It's impossible to uphold and further the idea of citizenship without borders. Borders are vital to uphold a nation. And people who are trying to destroy a republic and destroy a nation, for that matter, don't they don't believe in borders. They are constantly pushing globalism and being citizens of the planet, blurring the lines between nations and say, oh, we're one collective group of people that live on planet Earth. No, this doesn't work for liberty and freedom to thrive. One of the things, if reading history, one of the things that destroyed Rome was lack of borders. The history of Greece and Rome show us in great detail how a nation can deteriorate and destroy itself from within because of a lack of borders. Language, customs, civic education, and knowing each other without the flood of new people constantly coming in and disrupting the peace and stability of a nation and its roads, schools, hospitals, and services are what makes current citizens have their national identity. But the flood and flow of illegal immigrants coming into a nation disrupt, disrupt and dilute a nation and its national identity, deplete its resources, fatigue the current citizens who live here, dilute the voter rolls, and really the citizenry just has to cope with being overrun. Logic tells any rational homeowner that most of the time the front door of a home is shut and locked when the homeowner is not home. No one comes into the house unless invited, and those who come into the home have to honor the rules of the house and respect the current occupants of the home. Visitors can't just come in the front door and help themselves to the food, the warmth, the electricity, the comfort, the beds, and the Wi-Fi without being asked and permitted to do so. Every homeowner would feel deeply violated and angry if this intrusion and trespassing of a constant flood of new people would happen to their own personal home. It's the same with our country. There's no difference. Just marching across our borders is breaking the law and bringing all the chaos and destruction that illegal immigrants bring and the chaos and the deterioration of a nation with the, what the elites want in our country. 
non-citizens and those who want to illegally come here will only see the wealth and bounty of citizenship without knowing the responsibilities, the cost, the laying of the foundation of a republic, and the duties of citizenship. They want the money and the freedom without doing any of the work it takes to enjoy the money and the freedom that we've earned and worked toward these 240-whatever years we've been a nation. Borders are central to the ideas of Western citizenship, so non-citizens want to come and enjoy the benefits of citizenship, but not do any of the work. They want to come to the party and eat the cake and ice cream without doing any of the work it takes to build the house, set up a home, bake the cake, frost the cake, pay for the cake, and do what it takes to eat the cake and ice cream. The answer to illegals should be no. Trying to come in, try coming in legally, and then we will give you a chance to enter and enjoy citizenship. The 2,000-mile border with Mexico is no longer being enforced, and as Victor Davis Hanson so, says in his lecture on citizenship, we as the host nation are so confused and at odds with what we ourselves believe and stand for that this open border or non-existent border is another erosion and threat to maintaining what citizenship means and protecting it. Otherwise, if we don't enforce and protect our borders and uphold a common set of rules and principles outlined in our Constitution, we'll be ruled by a few despots and tyrants at the top who hold all the power, and we the people will fall closer to being servants and subjects of the ruling class. This is already happening. This is already currently happening in our nation. Which brings me to another vital foundational point of citizenship, and that's the middle class. All through Obama and the Obama years, he just railed against the middle class, the muscular class, it's often called. And the middle class does not rely on government like the poor for entitlements. They lack the envy and jealousy of the rich that the poor have and express. But unlike the rich, they are not always trying to leverage the government for private favors and concessions, handouts and free services, free rent, free food you know, food vouchers, and so on. The middle class is the great stability of any free constitutional nation. There's three classes of people, typically. I mean, it depends on where you find the definition, but there's the upper, middle, and lower, or the poor classes. It can be defined as the rich, the middle, and the poor, with different nuances between each class, like upper, middle, lower, rich, upper, poor, middle, lower, middle, you know, it's, there's blurred lines between the definitions, but there's basically three classes of people. And it gets muddled and differ depending on who's defining each of the classes. But roughly, you have the rich, the middle and the poor, which have always existed to some extent. And a nation and a free people who live under a constitutional republic need the middle class to be the largest that needs to be a majority of the people. This needs to be the huge bulk of a nation for a, a free nation to work and for citizenship to be maintained. That's why the extremely wealthy in our nation and the bureaucrats who now run our nation try and destroy the middle class because this typically is the majority of people who enjoy the protections and benefits of citizenship. The middle class are not beholden to the rich and are not usually captured by the envy and jealousy of the poor that the poor has toward the rich. The middle class are the bedrock of a nation. And this is, again, why Obama worked so hard to cause division between the rich and poor, the middle class and the rich, the poor and the middle class, and so on. 
Because if the oligarchs and the leftists work hard at fueling and enraging each class against the other two classes, this unravels a nation and gets us fighting amongst each other and with each other, and then those in power enjoy an increasing amount of power. The middle class is typically the largest class of people in a constitutional republic, and it encompasses what I said is the muscular class, the people that make a nation and hold it together, who innovate, create, invent, perform services, manufacture, grow, mine, and extract the wealth of the earth. These, this middle class produces the aspects of a wealthy nation. A lot of the middle class from decades ago were not brainwashed in college to believe the USA is somehow awful or bad and our founders were all a bunch of, of racists. But many of the middle class skipped college, bringing all of their youth, energy, ideas, innovations, creations, and progress to the workplace, benefiting themselves first, and then their communities, and ultimately our nation. All the wealth of a nation begins with either mining it or growing it. There's no other way for a nation to be legitimately increase its wealth. It has to be grown or mined or extracted. And the people who do the hard work and make a free nation are the middle class. That's why the elites and the uber-rich have disparaged and degraded the trades this last 30 years, discouraged you know, young guys and, and young women from going into the trades. And the bureaucrats and the teachers' unions have discouraged many men and women from working in the trades because this weakens the middle class. The muscular, youthful men of our nation have been shamed, harassed, and somehow made to feel guilty for all of their determination and strength and been told working with their hands making something useful is somehow less or inferior or not to be pursued. And the way to success is to go to college and have a six-figure debt and be strapped to the government for the rest of your life with the bondage of debt. But because the muscular class, the strong amongst us, those who work in the trades, work in manufacturing, and those who actually make products that people want and perform vital services that people need to live, this middle class has been reduced and gotten rid of. And the leftists love this. They want to get rid of the strength and the muscle of a nation so the elites can gain more power as more and more people become dependent on the government for handouts and sustenance, thus eroding citizenship. The leftists fear strength and muscle and power in the hands of a free people. They don't like that. Because those earning a living in the middle class are not beholden to the government. They don't look to it to be taken care of. And as millions of people that make up a middle class can live independent of a Marxist or communist government, the elites fear this. The elites trying to destroy America do not like this or want this. Thus, they have been working to systematically get rid of the middle class. And any younger Americans who may want to enter the trades are discouraged from doing so. They disparage it. They speak ill of it. They make it like it's a less than because it's destroying the middle class. Manufacturing and mining and using the natural, resource of a, natural resources of a nation make it incredibly independent and wealthy and in less need of a controlling government run by a wealthy few. That's why our government has shut down mining and tries to reduce our need for fossil fuels, natural gas, diesel fuel, and coal so it can restrict our wealth, our power, our strength, our building abilities, and increased dependence on government handouts. Wind and solar can never come close to the production capacity and reliability of using fossil fuels. 
There's just no, there's, they're not even, it's not even close. It's not even a fair fight. There is so little strength in wind and solar compared to natural gas and coal, petroleum products, and nuclear energy. Our enemies are developing all these natural resources of strength and power. Our enemies are not developing wind and solar power. We should not either. This restricting of fossil fuels, by the way, has nothing to do with the climate, protecting the planet, or reducing carbon emissions. It doesn't. It's everything to do with stripping the middle class of their independence and increasing reliance on government programs and handouts to make the middle class more reliant on government. The climate issue is not about the climate or the earth, or about, but it's about controlling a nation that wants to be free. So citizenship must be protected and upheld to maintain a nation and to keep its national identity and to sustain the Constitution. The flood of illegal immigrants over the southern border are exactly what the leftists and the communists of this nation want to dilute the citizenry, bring a flood of illegal voters, overwhelm the roads, overwhelm the hospitals, overwhelm the schools, the housing availability and services, and to push our nation towards globalism, a very dangerous and enslaving method of living. The middle class is the key to a thriving, growing constitutional republic like we used to have here in the USA, and we need to learn, understand, and then take action to uphold this important people of a nation, the middle class. Citizenry is very vital. Citizens don't need to get a shot and a booster to have a job. Citizens don't need a shot to enter a restaurant. Citizens are not told to stop exercising and taking care of themselves during a time of sickness, and gyms are left open for the muscle, health, and strength of our nation to remain strong. Citizens are not told that borders are fluid, but getting a shot is a mandate that has no room for fluidity or choice. Citizens don't need permission to plant crops, build houses, and yes, it's good citizenship to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but citizens don't need permission to grow food and live free of harassment. Citizens don't need permission to bake a cake or to not bake a cake. Citizens don't need permission to provide flower arrangements or not provide flower arrangements for events and occasions of others. Citizens don't need permission to teach their children as they would want them to be taught. And citizens are the caretakers and providers for their own children and do not allow the government to have and to teach their kids. Citizens are not required to put their kids in government schools if they want to choose a better way of education. Citizens do not expect the government to feed them, send them food vouchers, house them, and provide and pay for their rent or housing. Citizens provide their own food and housing through work. Citizens don't expect the governments to help them when they have a problem. They don't even think to contact a government agency when they have a problem, but they look to themselves to solve the problem. Citizens respect the law enforcement that is in place to keep the peace. Citizens respect the military that is there to protect our borders. Citizens want borders around their nation, boundaries around their cities and states, fences around their property, windows and doors in the, on their homes that lock, and their personal boundaries around their bodies to be honored. Citizens want separate bathrooms for males and females with bathroom doors that lock and latch. Citizens want the freedom to choose which car to drive without an environmental message being shoved down our throats. 
Citizens want flowing drinking water, electricity, natural gas, and other fuels from the earth to affordably power the heat in our homes and energize our light bulbs. Citizens want to be free of taxation, regulation, and harassment from a government that wants to limit or restrict these freedoms. Citizens are allowed to protect themselves and not rely on law enforcement to do so in every situation. Therefore, citizens are allowed to have weapons and ammo for those weapons to be able to level the playing field when attacked or have their lives or property threatened. Citizens are allowed to choose their own health care methods and are not forced or coerced to injecting substances into their bodies that they don't want or understand. Citizens are allowed to run for office, vote, and serve on a jury. Citizens rule the nation, not oligarchs and a few elites who send down dictates and punitive requirements from on high. Anything short of what I've described is not citizenship. It's servitude, it's serfdom, and at the extreme, slavery. So what should we do as citizens to preserve our nation? to preserve freedom. It's absolutely vital to preserve our state and nation that you let your voice be heard, contact your state representative and member of Congress through email and phone calls, and tell them what you think and believe. Your silence is your agreement. So kindly and respectfully send them an email on a regular basis and communicate with them. Here in Washington, you can go to the website leg.wa.gov and send that email to your state representative or senator. Those who remain in silence when there's an opportunity to speak are asking for the chains of servitude and slavery that will soon be put upon them. Now is the time to speak. Yes, there's a possibility of being canceled and shamed and shunned and silenced, but that's your choice, and only if you allow it. There's no such thing as canceling someone. Only God can cancel our voices. Otherwise, we always have a voice. No one can tell a citizen to be quiet or to cancel or shame them unless the citizen wants it and allows it. And citizens realize what's at stake and muster the boldness and courage to speak out regardless of the possible consequences. Just over half of the people on the planet today enjoy some form of citizenship. And we here in America are are very close to losing it. So let's determine to keep our citizenship intact and preserve and further it by every means available. The United States of America is an amazing experiment in freedom and citizenship that is very rare in the world. Let's put all of our effort, time, and talents into preserving it. If you like this podcast, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you listen on, and please share it with a friend. I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of stuff. Like I said in the intro to this podcast, I'm a news junkie. And at the end of podcasts, if you're a regular listener, I've noticed that they say written by and produced by and directed by and edited by, and they have a long list of people who help them with their podcasts. So I thought I'd do the same. This podcast was written by Janice Christensen, recorded by Janice Christensen, edited by Janice Christensen. The music was added in and special effects produced by Janice Christensen. However, I would like to thank my podcast host, Buzzsprout. Without them, you wouldn't be hearing the sound of my voice. And this podcast would not have been able to reach the 33 countries where it has been downloaded at least once.